Well, hello, listener. If you decided to play this specific episode, I'm assuming that you are interested in becoming a reader. Or maybe you already read books, but you just want to kind of figure out a reading routine that suits you and your reading preferences. Well, thank you for being here. I am extremely excited to record this episode specifically because this is the reason why I decided to start a podcast is to be able to talk at length about things that really excite me. And lately, one of the things that have been really, really exciting me is one of my favorite new hobbies, and that is reading. So I know it's kind of silly to turn reading into like this whole personality trait, like we get it, you read, it's not that special, but I'm just going to be honest, reading has been something that has really enhanced my life and it's something that I find to be very enjoyable and I see myself doing this till I'm an old grandma. So yeah, let me be, let me enjoy this and I'm just going to be spreading the joy. I'm going to be talking about why I read, what I read, how I read, my entire reading routine and all things reading, okay? This is the ultimate guide to becoming a reader 101. You may be listening to this right now thinking to yourself, why should I even read? Maybe you just feel like you don't have the time to read. Reading can sometimes feel like it takes too much brain power to learn about new characters and you kind of have to memorize information, especially when you're just starting a book. A lot of the times at the end of the day, you don't really want to put in that effort. You just kind of want to lay back and do some mindless scrolling on social media or be entertained in other ways that don't require critical thinking. And that is very understandable. That's kind of why I stopped reading post my elementary school years because I just felt like I already had so much reading I had to do for my studies in school that once I was done studying, I didn't want to open up another book and spend my free time like reading even more. The thought of reading became synonymous to the thought of just falling asleep to be honest that's just because I just felt like reading was just way too much for my mind to process especially if I am already a little bit tired and that is why I consider reading to be a muscle it's a skill that takes practice and you get better at reading the more you read I find that now reading books is more energizing to me and it's easier for me to get into a story and learn the plot better than before when I when I wasn't reading as much reading is definitely still a challenge for me but since I've been able to read more books I've learned to experience the benefits of reading books and that has motivated me more than any Being able to finish a book and that rush of reading a good book has allowed me to have that desire to read more books. So um, I do have a list of reasons, though, as to why you should read. And these are just things that I've noticed about myself after reading several books. By the way, I know that I keep like saying that I've been reading. And just to give you some context, I've only really gotten into reading, I'd say, within the past year or two. And especially more recently, I've been kind of bumping up how much I read, but I've been reading as an adult only for a year or two. So I'm definitely not like an expert reader or anything. I just feel like because lately I've been reading more often, I am just noticing a lot more about why I love reading so much. So here are some reasons why I think you should read and make reading a part of your routine, at least for leisure, if you find that you have that extra time for yourself. First reason why I love to read is because honestly, 
it helps me to feel less alone. It helps me to relate to someone. And whenever I'm entering a new book, I'm stepping into the shoes of the narrator. Everything that the narrator faces, I feel like I'm facing with the narrator. And it really teaches me to have empathy and compassion for whatever the narrator faces and for all the other characters involved in the book as well. Another reason why I think you should read is because it will make you smarter. And I hesitate to say this because I don't think that this is a good motivator to read. I find that whenever I try to pick up like a classic piece of literature with the goal of finishing it just to feel smart, I'm not really able to enjoy the book as much when I'm just simply reading it to feel smarter. When I'm able to just immerse myself in a book and the story, I kind of effortlessly improve my reading skills, my writing skills, my communication skills. I get to observe how people interact with each other and what is going on through people's heads throughout these interactions, which is what I personally find really fascinating. And that's the biggest difference for me of watching the TV show or movie adaptation of a book versus just reading the book is you're able to read what is going on inside the minds of the kids characters. Whereas while you're watching a TV show, you're not mind reading what they're thinking. And there is a little bit of beauty in not knowing exactly what, what's going on in people's heads. But I always prefer to read the book first. And then if there is a visual adaptation of it, then I could watch it afterwards. For me, when I'm reading, I don't always search up a word that I don't know. I mean, that's really good to do. But I feel like the more you expose yourself to words that you're unfamiliar with within the context, I think you naturally start to get an idea of what that word means. And sometimes when I do see a word that I really want to know the meaning of, I will search it up in the dictionary. But even if you don't search up the meaning of words in the dictionary, I think that naturally your vocabulary and your literacy will improve through reading just by reading in itself, you'll pick up on what words mean within its context. On top of that, another reason why reading makes you smarter is because it increases your general knowledge of so many different topics because whatever you're reading, even if it's a fictional book, if a book is set in a specific place in the world, then you get to learn about the small cultural aspects or descriptive imagery of that place, as long as the author is being accurate, then you get a better idea of what it's like maybe living in that place. Or maybe the main character has a specific type of job and you get to kind of learn what that job routine looks like. I always find myself learning the most random interesting facts through reading books where I, I wasn't expecting to learn these facts from. I just find that to be really, really fun. Also, books can be really, really funny. And I love being able to just laugh out loud and also cry and just be happy and wholesome. And there's so many emotions that arise when reading a good book. And I think books can be really entertaining. And that's the main reason why I like to read is because of how entertaining it is more than the educational aspect of it. But I feel like the educational aspect of it kind of just happens without me trying. And while reading can be very entertaining, it's separate to me from watching something on a screen because watching something on a screen, I feel can over time kind of make me feel 
groggy and overstimulated whereas with reading it helps to actually calm me down and helps to reduce my stress although that's that depends on what you're reading there are books out there that may cause your cortisol levels to rise depending on what is going on in the book but for the most part when I'm reading I'm usually more calm and I'm less likely to get a headache compared to when I'm watching something on the screen. And the thing about reading as well, I'm just going like back to back to back with reasons why you should read, but this is my last one, I promise. Reading has helped to improve my concentration and it's because it's simply just words on a page and it requires you, the reader, to have the imagination to build the world that you're reading. So I am sure that it is also improving your focus levels, and your imagination skills. Like it's improving all sorts of brain skills in there, I swear. If you are still yet to be convinced to read a book, the biggest thing that's convinced me to get into reading has been just reading in itself. It has taken me a good while of testing out reading different books before realizing what kind of books I like to read. And once I found out what I like to read, it has spurred me towards reading more of those kinds of books. And speaking of all that, let's get into what to read. Now that you have decided that reading is important and it's a skill that you wanna work on, it's a hobby you wanna try out, it's a habit you want to incorporate into your daily routine, let's do it. But first, where to get started? You have to figure out what to read, right? Well, what should you read? Finding your reading style, I will call it, is kind of like picking your own adventure. Honestly, you might find that you like reading from a variety of genres like I do. I still have lists and lists and lists of books that I want to read from genres I've never tried reading from before. So I still don't know what genres are my favorite. All I know about myself right now is that I love to dabble in a variety of genres and I can't really see myself reading from only one genre because I think I will eventually get tired of that. Also on that note, as you are on this journey of finding out which genres you like, I think that it's really important to read a bad book here and there. Reading these quote unquote bad books parentheses in my opinion, has taught me what I don't like in books. And that is important to know as well. And over time, you start to develop an intuition and you could kind of predict where books are going to go. And once you have that sort of discernment, I think, you know, you could pick up a book and for me, like I'll read maybe 10, 20 pages of it and I will kind of know if it's a book I want to continue or not. Um, and sometimes it's just not the right time to be reading that book and that's fine too. I'm going to talk about the main genres to read from and let me tell you that there are so many genres and subgenres out there that I really do not have the time to get into every single one, but I will get into the main genres that I know of that you probably will also find yourself picking books from. So let me split it into nonfiction books and fiction books. Within the nonfiction section, I would divide it between self-help books and memoirs. So self-help books are on topics regarding anything that will improve your life, whether that be your health, your finances, 
um, building healthy habits, whatever it may be. And then a memoir is written by the author about their life. I really love both of these categories. A third category that I personally would add are Christian books. And honestly, that would kind of squeeze into my self-help category because it's still nonfiction and it helps myself. So Those are the two categories that I'm usually reading from within nonfiction. Post high school, I would turn to nonfiction books a lot, especially whenever there was a certain topic that I wanted to learn more about. That could have been starting my own business. I read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up post high school, and that book changed my life. Nonfiction books are great, especially if you already have that desire to learn about a specific topic. And I also love to read memoirs because memoirs to me are kind of in between nonfiction and fiction. I mean, memoirs are true stories from the author's life, but the narrative aspect of reading a memoir is similar to reading a fiction book, but you're following one main character, whereas maybe in some fiction books, you might be reading from many different characters' perspectives within that book. Nonfiction books are great to read, but it can get boring, especially if you're not interested in a specific topic. So if you're wanting to read a nonfiction book, definitely pick one up in a topic that you are particularly interested in. Or you could pick up a memoir about a person's life that you're interested in learning more about. And then getting into fiction books. As I said, I only read nonfiction after high school and I really didn't see myself being interested in reading fictional books. I almost thought it was genuinely a waste of time to read fiction books. Um, But you have to find the right ones. There are so many genres within the realm of fiction. And then some of these genres sometimes merge into the same genre. For example, there is a genre of romance, but romance could also pop up in the mystery thriller genre. There is the romance genre. There is the mystery slash thriller slash horror slash crime. I kind of put that all into one genre. (laughs) Um, Sorry if you are adamant on separating those genres. I just kind of merge into one because it's kind of like one whole mood for me. I kind of pick books off of these different shelves based off of what mood I'm in. Next is fantasy slash sci-fi. Again, I know those two genres aren't the same, but I kind of group those into one just because if I'm wanting to read one of those, like it's kind of similar energy to me. There's also historical fiction and literary fiction. And last but not least, classics. There's also this general umbrella genre of adult fiction and young adult fiction, um, which people refer to as YA novels. And YA is for young adults, as you would assume. So a lot of YA books are usually written from the perspective of like a high schooler. And so most of the time, I don't really reach for YA books unless I hear that people love it. And I have read YA books that I really enjoy as well, but they are usually written from a younger character and also for a younger audience. And then obviously adult fiction is for an older audience. There's poetry as well. And I feel like poetry books are kind of my last priority of books I want to get into, but I'd say those are the main genres. And then Aside from nonfiction and fiction books, I also have a separate category of books. These are all visual books. So for example, manga or comic books, graphic novels, children's books, picture books, magazines, and coffee table books. 
Um, you kind of get the picture. I feel like these are the kind of books I would pick up kind of casually to read. When you're first starting off reading, it's good to know the main categories and genres that exist and to start searching up books within those genres. I personally do love to log the books that I read and my favorite website for this is goodreads.com. I created different bookshelves to split the different genres that I'm interested in. I love Goodreads personally because they have the database for most books that exist with with people reviewing the books and you could click on the author to see all of their books. I love Goodreads. You could also use Notion or a spreadsheet or whatever way you prefer to log your reading. Now that you know all these book genres, you probably are already drawn to a specific genre that you want to read. And if you don't know where to begin and what book to start off reading with, I would suggest that you search for the best-selling books within the genre that you're interested in. Another way to pick out a book is by going to a bookstore and they'll usually have certain books on display and those are usually more well-known books or books that maybe the staff considers their favorite. And you may even be led by certain book covers that appeal to you. And I like to just pick up books sometimes and read the synopsis in the back. If the synopsis is interesting to you, that's another good way to maybe try that book out, but it is a little bit more risky. I honestly suggest if you're like completely new to reading to maybe start off with the best-selling books because they are usually really popular for a reason. Not to say that those books are guaranteed to be good, but at least you will kind of get a feel for uh, what that genre is like. I also really like to read by author. So once I find an author whose writing style I really like, they sort of become my comfort author. It's amazing to find authors that you love and to be able to just go back to their catalog and just read from whatever they published. As I said again and again, figuring out what to read is a journey. You may read some bad books along the way, but I hope you enjoy the ride of dabbling into different genres and different authors and figuring out which ones you like, which ones you don't like. For me, I like to have a pending TBR. If you don't know the book community slang for what TBR means, TBR means to be read. So I have a TBR pile on my Goodreads. Um, or literally a physical pile of books I want to read. And this just gives me a good idea of like what's ahead for me in my reading adventure, but it's not necessary that I stick to my TBR pile to the T because sometimes I'm led to read a random book on the shelf that I wasn't expecting to want to read. But that's the fun of reading books is sometimes you're just led to delve into a specific story. Sometimes you're led away from a specific book because it's just not the right time for you to read it. Okay, so now you have a good idea of what to read. You have lists of books you're interested in reading. Here's how to obtain these books. So I'm gonna tell you all of the main ways that you could get books and how I also buy my books. So first method is the free method. Did you know that if you register for a library card within your city, you can borrow books for free. Yes, I used to do this as a little kid, I remember. And also once you have your library card, there is an app that is free called Libby and you could borrow books digitally. I believe they have ebooks and audiobooks for free. 
Another way to get books for free is simply by borrowing one from a friend if you have that luxury. The cons about getting free books is usually you only have them for a limited time, which you may see as a good thing because it may force you to read through the book a little bit faster and you kind of have a deadline. But because this book isn't yours and you can't keep it, it also means that you have to be careful for one to not damage the book and you also can't really underline anything in the book or annotate in the book at all. You kind of have to just leave the book as is and then return it. The next way of getting books is by getting them digitally. There is, of course, Audible, which if you haven't heard by now, Audible is an audiobook platform. So you could hear all of your books instead of having to read them with your eyeballs. By the way, if you're trying to read the Bible on a daily basis, I highly, highly, highly recommend the free app called Through the Word, which reads the Bible for you and then has a devotional for every chapter of the Bible. And they have so many different Bible journeys, different plans regarding different topics within the Bible. It is an amazing app and it's been helping me to make it a daily habit to read the Bible. So I highly recommend the app through the word. It's also called TTW, I think. Um, but yeah, Audible and TTW are audio ways of intaking books. And another digital method of intaking books is through the Kindle or whatever ebook. I think there's also the Nook. I have a Kindle and I love my Kindle so, so much. I was on the Kindle Unlimited free trial for the past few months and I decided not to move forward with that because they don't really have the greatest options on there. But um, the pros about having digital books is that it doesn't take up space, especially if the cover of the book isn't really your style and you don't really want to be showcasing it on your bookshelf or to the world. I know I have some books with kind of embarrassing covers, especially if you're reading like, I don't know, a self-help book and you're reading it outside and you don't really want people to see what books you're reading. Well, then listening to an audiobook or reading a book on a Kindle allows you to kind of cover what you're reading from the rest of the world and it's a little bit more private. Also, what I love about the Kindle is that it's kind of waterproof, I think. I mean, it's easy to wipe clean, whereas if I take a physical paper book to the beach or to the pool and if it happens to get water splattered on it, it's like the book is now going to be crunchy and wavy, but not with the Kindle or an ebook. Another pro is if you're reading a book through Audible or through an audiobook, you're able to read through books much faster, I feel, because you're not taking the time to pause at moments where you're confused. Usually you just let the audiobook play. And because someone is reading the book for you, you're not really having to take the energy to do that yourself. And especially with memoirs, I really like to hear the author themselves reading for me because you get to hear certain enunciations and hearing the voice and the emotion of the author narrating their story has such a greater impact for me than having to read it myself with my own voice in my head. However, the cons of reading a digital book, it's hard to describe, but you don't have the physical satisfaction of having to hold onto a book. The tactile experience of 
holding onto a book, seeing the cover as you open it, turning each page with your fingers, feeling it, touching it, smelling it, hearing it. It's all a different experience. And if you also annotate in books, it's harder to look back on notes that you've written. And also if you only have digital forms of books, then you kind of lose the whole joy of buying books in person. I really love going to a bookstore and shopping for books in person. And it also is a way for me to discover new books. And when you're only buying books digitally, then it kind of is a whole different experience of buying the book. But maybe none of that matters to you. Another thing with digital books is you can't loan it out to a friend if you wanted to share a book with a friend. Um, That's not really possible unless you give them your whole Kindle or your phone. I used to be really, really not open to reading from the Kindle, but once I gave it a try, I actually found that sometimes reading from the Kindle is so much fun. I can't explain why, But especially when it comes to quick paced, maybe contemporary romance books, I really like reading from the Kindle. There's something about it. I attach the pop socket to my Kindle and it's really easy to hold compared to a physical book. I like reading from Kindle as well, but not all the time because I will get into the last way to get books and that is by getting a physical book. People have different preferences when it comes to buying physical books as well. There are paperbacks, hardbacks, and then a third category, which I call secondhand or vintage books. So I love every single one of these versions of physical books. I can't decide and it really depends on what the book is. So I kind of have my own weird little method of buying physical books. So yeah. (laughs) So if I want to buy a book new, I usually like to buy new books new. Books that have been published within the recent years of me being alive, I like to buy those books new or I will buy them secondhand and I want them to be in very good or like new condition. So usually I like to buy these in person. I honestly like to buy books from Target because they are usually discounted Um, or I will go to Barnes and Noble and buy books or I will go to my local bookstore and buy books from there. So, you know, wherever is your nearest bookstore, they probably have uh, books. Like, is that the most, yeah, obviously. Or sometimes I will find special edition covers of books um, online and I will try to buy those new or like new. If I want to buy a book secondhand, I actually have a local secondhand bookstore I like to go to and they have all sorts of secondhand books from newer books to vintage books. And I also love thriftbooks.com. I will leave an affiliate link below if you're interested in creating an account, but I love buying secondhand books from thrift books because you could click on the book and see all editions of the book. And I like to peruse through which covers I like the best. And if they don't have it in stock, I will put myself on the wait list to get notified if that book becomes available. And, you know, I am a vain, shallow human being and I do judge a book from its cover sometimes. A pretty book cover moves me to reading that book more, so I think it's it's well worth getting a pretty book cover sometimes or a book cover which 
in which the design I prefer. So I love to get secondhand books, usually for classics for some reason. With classic books, I don't mind the books being in really old condition. I almost prefer an older paperback kind of tattered condition with an older cover design because I feel like it fits the time period in which the book was published. In my brain, it makes sense and it connects. But my idea is if I read a classic book and it becomes like one of my all-time favorite classic books, then I might consider getting a second copy of that book in a better hardcover condition and a special edition maybe. But as of now, I haven't read a classic book that I consider to be like my all-time favorite. I must get a special edition copy of this book. So for the time being, I'm just getting my classic books secondhand online. The pros of getting physical books is you can display them in your home. And this is a huge one for me. I can't imagine just having no books displayed in my home because I love the aesthetic of a home library because not just for the aesthetics, it honestly, when I look at books on shelves, something happens within me. It makes me want to explore these different worlds within these different books like whenever I see books on shelves I just get this itching to read the book spines the book titles and I just want to run my hands through each book and pick out a book that speaks to me so I love being able to get physical copies of books and hold on to it we've already been through this um, there's something to it the only cons of having a physical book that I could think of is it taking up space if you happen to just have way too many books and not enough space for those books, but I don't see that how that could be possible. I mean, maybe that can definitely be possible if you are an avid, avid reader. And also books can get a little bit heavy to hold, especially if you are trying to read it while lying down in bed. Or like I said, if you're reading it outdoors within a possibly wet environment or a dirty environment, it's just hard to keep clean. And the only other con I think of with the physical book is it might look ugly if you don't like the cover of the book. And in that case, that is usually a reason why I buy a lot of contemporary books on my Kindle first. Actually, I just thought of another reason why buying a physical copy of a book can be maybe a con. When you buy a physical book, not only does it take up space, but you're kind of risking not liking the book and having to keep the book. So this has happened to me before where I have bought physical copies of books. And once I read them, I realized that the books were okay. Um, I read a book that I actually absolutely hated and I ended up having to donate it. And I kind of wish I just bought it on my Kindle first to read. And I read a book on the Kindle that I didn't like. And I'm so glad I didn't get a physical copy of it because then I would be stuck with the book and I wouldn't be happy seeing it on my shelf. So um, for books that I'm kind of hesitant and I kind of don't know if I'll like it or not, I might just buy it on the Kindle first or a digital version of it. And then if I decide that I really, really like it actually and I want to see it on my shelf because it would make me happy and I'd want to read it again in the future, then I'll buy a physical copy of it. So that is like my entire nerdy little process of deciding what books to get how to get books, whether to get a digital version or physical version. Let's get into where I read. I know we are really getting into the nitty gritty here. I told you this is the ultimate guide. I'm trying to touch on everything here as if you are a 
absolute beginner to reading or I don't know, maybe this will apply to if you aren't even a beginner. Okay. I think it's important to have a dedicated spot for reading. And I also think it's important to have multiple dedicated spots to reading, especially because reading is an activity that honestly takes hours and hours of your time. And the joy of reading is that you could pretty much do it, not anywhere, but in a variety of places. And so might as well do it in a variety of places. Like you could take a book with you on the airplane while you're traveling, um, indoor, outdoor, so many spots. Um, But usually if you don't have travel plans, it's usually whatever's nearby or usually at home. So if you want to read outdoors, um, my absolute favorite spot to read outdoors is by the pool, especially because I really get active with reading in the summer. I love reading summer books. So taking a book by the pool while simultaneously sunbathing and soaking up that sunshine, I really, really enjoy it. Also because I go to a pool that isn't as noisy or busy. That's honestly why I don't love reading at the beach all the time because the beach can be sometimes unpredictable. Like it could be very crowded lots of kids screaming, there are birds, there's wind, there are all these factors that can distract you from reading. But I feel like next to a pool, life is a little bit more still and predictable. And I honestly love reading by the pool. That's my favorite outdoor reading spot. As for indoor reading, I've mentioned creating your own hygge-krog so many a time. If you don't know what a hygge-krog is, it's basically a dedicated cozy nook within your home where you read, right? Let me search up the proper definition of a hygge-krog. A hygge-krog is a comfortable place to sit in the kitchen or the living room. So it's a cozy nook, a windowsill, or a comfortable furniture that is typically by a window. Okay, so it's not necessarily having to do with reading at all, but I honestly consider the hygge-krog to be that cozy spot for you to do your cozy little activity and Reading is a major cozy little activity. So my hygge krog is in the corner of my living room. I have my floor reading lamp and I have a little stand to put my book and a place to also put a coaster and my my reading beverage. <laughs> Honestly, it's usually my bottle of water. It's not that exciting. Being able to snuggle up with a hot mug of tea or some hot cocoa, that is peak level hygge krog. Even within my small little space, I like to migrate where I read. It's either my little hygge krog on the chair, I sometimes read on the floor on the coffee table. I realize that reading on the table is really comfortable, believe it or not, because I'm not craning my neck down and being able to rest my arms on the table and for it to prop up the book within my eye level is really convenient. And so if you haven't tried already, like maybe reading on the floor on with the book propped on the coffee table or reading on the desk, I know it sounds like you're studying or something, but I don't know, I really enjoy reading on the table as well, I wouldn't have thought. And then obviously like on the couch and then at nighttime before going to bed, I also like to read on the bed. My absolute dream though would be able to have my own reading nook or reading room with shelves full of books basically having my own little library that is 
the dream. Now I'm going to get into when and how I read. Essentially, my reading routine. It's really up to you and how you like to read. I've heard of people reading like five books at a time. For me, I usually just like to focus on one or two books at a time. And those two books have to be within two completely different genres so my brain doesn't get confused. I'm usually either focusing on one book or I am reading a nonfiction book and a fictional book. I can't imagine like reading two fantasy books at a time. I think I would get confused within the different worlds and the different characters. There's already a lot to memorize. So when it's time for me to start reading a book, I need to make sure that I remove any distraction. I like to make sure my environment is somewhat tidy and clean. And I also make sure that I've kind of done what I needed to do for the day or I know what I need to do for today and I schedule out time for reading. Otherwise, I notice myself wandering off to, oh, wait, I need to get this done and that done. And it's hard for me to stay focused while reading. And I almost feel guilty just sitting there and reading. So I like to make sure that I get what I need to get done first. And then I put my phone on silent so that I am not needing to tend to my phone for whatever notification Um, because I can get very easily sidetracked with my phone if it's near me but the thing is I like to have my phone near me if I need to search up something on Google like a definition or sometimes I need to search up something random like a place or I don't know it's kind of hard to have my phone too far away from me but I like to put it on silent as for the ambiance and the sound I really like to read in silence, preferably. But sometimes if I'm reading a specific book that I think requires like ambient music, I will like to turn on some background music on YouTube or on Spotify. There's different playlists that are related to that world. So for example, right now I just started the book Circe by Madeline Miller and I just typed up Circe background reading music on YouTube and there's like this hour-long video and it's putting me in the world of Greek mythology. But sometimes it's hit or miss, like music can be a little bit distracting while reading a book, especially if it's not fitting the, the emotion of what I'm currently reading. So yeah, that depends. Once I've decided to start reading a book... <laughs> There's so much that I've said just to open up to the first page, right? But when I'm reading a book for the first time, I notice that what I need to do, especially when I'm first starting out on a book, is I need to dedicate at least a few hours to this book or at least 50 pages of the book. Honestly, 50 to 100 pages is ideal because the first 50 to 100 pages of a book are the hardest since you are learning the world and the characters for the first time and you kind of get a good sense by the 50 to 100 page mark whether or not you like the book and you start to understand the plot of it better. By then, I will usually be be hooked or I'll be comfortable with reading further and if I don't push past that hump it could get hard to pick up 
that book again in the future to read. So I really try to read at least 50 pages of it just so I'm well immersed into what's going on. Also, people have different reading speeds and I don't think it's all that necessary to read as fast as you can because I think it's more important to read at your own pace and in a way where you're able to actually absorb what's happening without putting the pressure on yourself to like meditate on every single sentence and absorb every word, especially for more difficult books. I try to finish at least a paragraph or a page and allow myself to reread that paragraph if I have to, if I kind of had a hard time understanding what was happening, um, instead of being stuck on repeating the same sentence over and over again because then it'll just take me forever to read. And I remind myself that, you know, if I'm liking a book, I'd rather be able to finish through the whole book. And maybe I wasn't able to fully comprehend everything, but there's always an opportunity to reread a book. And it's better to just like finish the book to get the full picture of it than to get stuck on every single page trying to perfectly understand it all. So I think that's kind of been my problem with reading for so long is that every time I approached a book, I kind of treated each page so preciously to the point where it was hard for me to read at an efficient pace. Not to say that you have to read super fast and rush through your process, but I think you kind of have to find a happy medium where you're reading at a moving pace and you're understanding what's happening without getting stuck on every single word. Yeah, I just kind of learned to pace myself better. Okay, a huge aspect of reading that I need to touch on, annotating books. Annotating books is a concept that I did not really subscribe to until very recently, and it has changed the way that I read books. Annotating a book essentially means that you are, in whatever way, shape, or form, you are highlighting specific sentences and paragraphs and words and pages. You're trying to take note of things that stand out to you within the book. And doing so helps to make the book more memorable and a little bit more interactive as well. Essentially, there are many ways to quote unquote highlight certain texts within the book. And the first way is by simply underlining either with a pencil or a pen. When I first started out, annotating books, I used a pencil because it felt less permanent for me and I'm not really good at drawing the straightest of lines. So a pencil felt less pressure filled and a pencil or pen allows you to circle certain words, heart or stars or in paragraphs. Another way to annotate is by highlighting. And with highlighters, you have the option to have different colors. And with these different colors, you could divide them in between different categories, which is nice. And another way to highlight, which is my favorite form of annotating, is by using sticky tabs. I love sticky tabbing books. It is really, really addictive. And I can't really describe to you why. I basically bought a ton of different colored sticky tabs off of Amazon. And so now when I read a new book, a physical copy of a book, I will choose about 
three colors. It honestly depends, um, but I will choose about three colors that match the cover of the book. And I will basically tab whatever part of the book stands out to me. And since sticky tabs come in so many different colors, I could also categorize what each color means, or I don't have to, you're not required to. But if you decide to categorize your highlighter colors or your sticky tab colors, then I've seen people add like a key at the beginning of the book on the, maybe the title page, creating like a legend for yourself of what each color will mean. So maybe you could highlight or tab funny moments in the book or sad moments. The color pink could be for romantic moments in the book. The color orange could be for funny moments in the book. Um, The color yellow could be favorite quotes in the book, so on and so forth, depending on what parts of the book that you specifically want to highlight. The way I've been tabbing my books is just by going in a rotation of the three different colors. And I've been really enjoying that. It's kind of like being able to apply a sticker. And for me, it gives me some sort of high being able to sticky tab books now and being able to match the colors to the cover of the book. And I love sticky tabbing too, because it also feels a little bit less permanent to me, especially if I don't want to damage or write directly on a vintage copy of a book, being able to sticky tab it means, well, in the case that I one day maybe for some reason want to sell it or something, I could peel off the sticky tabs quite easily. I don't think it's necessary to annotate every book, especially the books I read on Kindle. I'll just use the highlighting feature to annot- to highlight specific sentences, but like, I don't think every book is worthy of highlighting like every single page. Sometimes there may be only few key moments in the book that I want to keep in mind and go back to after I'm done reading. So sometimes annotating a book can kind of make the process of reading a little bit more choppy because you're pausing to annotate versus just letting it be one long flow of reading. But I think for books that you love and you're loving um, or maybe books that you are rereading, annotating is great because you're retaining the information better and you're pinpointing which parts of the book you love and why. The last part of my reading routine is when I am done reading a book. Post finishing a book, what I will do is I will open up my Goodreads app and I will mark the book as read. And that is a very satisfying feeling for me. And then I will give the book a rating. My rating system isn't precise just yet. I honestly just go by immediate feel. And I try not to change the rating. Um, Although I understand how ratings do change over time. But I don't know if that's helpful to know. Because I think what's kind of important is immediately how you felt right after you read it. Um, I also like to read and watch reviews of the book because I like to get other people's perspectives and thoughts on the book. And it's also nice to share the book that you read as what I've been trying to do a little bit more, kind of, sort of, because getting involved in the book community, even in that small way, helps you to get more excited about reading and you're able to share this interest with other people who also read. But I really don't like to read too many reviews or pay attention too much to the ratings before I read because I have read highly rated books, books that people gave five stars that I did not like. It just wasn't for me. 
And I've also read books that I immediately thought that was a five-star book. And then I would go online and see that people gave it like a one, two-star review. And I would just be flabbergasted. Like, wow, that is very interesting how we all have different tastes in books. And whatever one person finds really impactful and and entertaining, another can find really bad, just really not for them. And that is what is so wonderful about reading. There is a book for everyone out there. It may just take time for you to find it. Please, please befriend me on Goodreads if you have a Goodreads account and leave book recommendations as well. If you're on Spotify, there is an area where you could leave book recommendations. Let me know which books are your favorite and which books you recommend me. Just knowing what you know of me so far, um, I'm very open to different genres. And I also am kind of partaking in a reading challenge on Goodreads. I am trying to read 30 books this year. I did not get into any of my personal book recommendations in this episode because then I would have gone on for so long. And also, I haven't been reading for long enough to know which books are my all-time favorite books. So I'm going to keep on reading. And eventually, I think I want to make a video or maybe another podcast episode detailing books that have changed my life, books that are my absolute favorites. But I have yet to figure those out yet. I know. Um, I've read really good books, but I don't know if I've read like my all-time favorite books just yet. So we will see. I, I will know once I read more. I always feel like this at the end of the episode. Um, even when I talked for a very long time, I'm like, did I say everything I needed to say? I think I could have said even more. As you know, you could follow the podcast at the Glow Hour Podcast on Instagram. If you made it all the way to the end of this episode, please comment on my Instagram with this podcast thumbnail. I heart reading in all caps with your favorite colored heart. That would be awesome. And put multiple hearts if you really, really love reading. And if you heart this episode and this podcast as a whole, definitely let me know by giving it a rating on Spotify or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And that would be so nice and so sweet. I love you. I hope you end your day picking up a new book. I'm certainly going to end my day reading a book. That is all I have for you today. Happy reading. Peace.